It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. Yes, we're recording another episode this week, and it's it's my birthday. Happy birthday, VA. Thank you. Happy birthday. And I'm here with Jeff and Tim. What's up? Hello. There we go. Yes, I'm I'm older, and uh, I do have one thing to say. I am also a great aunt once again. Oh God, that's gonna just tell people how old I am. But well, no, it's VA's siblings are considerably older than she is. She has she has nieces and nephews that are approximately her own age. Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. It's true. So, so in, in short, it means nothing. People can't read more into it. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is a niece on my husband's side, who also mm-hmm. now get this: this niece and I share a birthday, and now this niece and her daughter and I share a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first time this happened to me. I I'm very I share my birthday with lots of people. Um, you know, Ronnie Lott, Bill Cower, uh, they're much older than I am, uh, obviously, but, uh, in my own family, I have a niece who also shares his birthday, which is hilarious I, to me. I, I will say I, I do have uh, multiple family members that share my birthday as well. My, uh, my, my, my late uncle. So my, my dad's, uh, brother-in-law, 40 years to the day older than I am. And then his first grandson and third grandchild uh, oh was my. also born that day. Crazy. <laughs> That is crazy. So in your family, like March (laughs) is when people get it on. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, it happened in my family too. I'm the result of a funeral. I'm the result of a funeral. So it's okay. I mean, I've been very clear on this point. I, I know what I, I know what I'm the result of, and it's the result result of my mom driving up to Montreal to visit my dad for a week when he was there on a rather lengthy business trip. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole ending up in Canada thing was clearly meant to be. But anyway, <laughs> yep, that's that's what it was. That's that's yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and and that's why I'm so goth. Because <laughs> of a funeral. Anyway. I just want to say it's a uh, it's a big birthday for me because it is uh, how should I say this? I am at an age that my mother never reached, and for a very very long time, I thought that I would expire before this point. So I'm not. I'm taking control of my health, and I am. I'm. As I keep trying to say it to my husband, and he just looks at me quizzically. I'm gonna live. <laughs> I, I really, I, I think the future is going to be good. So anyway, all of that, all that personal stuff aside, we're here to talk about the Bruins again, because guess what? They won the series against Columbus in six games, like we all said. We all did say that. We were, three of us were, were pretty cocky on the, on the matter, and it, it paid off very well. Took a motherfucking rask, y'all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 39 <laughs> saves the other night. I mean, this was his second 39-save shutout, depending <laughs> on how one wishes to consider game four. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's I think that's the crazier thing. In the their last two games at home, Columbus did not score a legitimate goal. Oof. <laughs> they they scored one complete bullshit goal, completely and utterly bullshit goal. Like like, well, this is the this is the recurring thing. The Bruins were a dominant home team in the regular season. Mm-hmm. The playoffs down the road that they've been kicking ass and taking names. You know, what I mean, like they. What, okay, of their four, they won each series. They only won two of them at home. Yep, yep. Well, you know how it is. It's, and in uh, fact, Bruins' two worst games in season in game in series in the in in the first round were home games. <sighs> because the Toronto the Toronto game they won and they lost in Toronto was not as awful as either of the other losses were. <laughs> no, that was a really close game. Yeah, um, and they got screwed on a goaltender interference call or one that wasn't called. Hmm. About that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, remember how we've talked about this. The Bruins always get all the calls that go their way, right? Absolutely. So we're told. Meanwhile, first goal of the game uh, on uh, on Monday night there. Uh, a uh, rather pretty um, uh, Sean Corrales shot. Yeah. Goal. Oh, you know, got waved off after an incredibly long review. Oh, my God. I thought... I remember seeing people on Twitter's like, if it's taking this long and you haven't decided, that means you, that means the call on the ice stands. It's Ty, I think the tweet Ty Anderson tweeted that very specifically. <laughs> that is the conventional wisdom. Yes, officiating in the playoffs has been so off that the minute I knew that it was being challenged, I'm like, we're losing this challenge. No. I mean, I, I still am certain that there's a certain amount of being instructed. Except they're not even just letting stuff go. Like they're making bad calls too, not just missing them. I don't mind if you let stuff go if you're letting it go on both sides. Well, again, I always point to in situations like this to Game Seven Eastern Conference Finals 2011. Yeah, no penalties that one zero game, which despite being one zero, despite what all the hockey media will tell you, it still remains unambiguously the best hockey game I've ever watched. Anyway, <laughs> same here. But this isn't about that. No, it's about the fact that Sean Crowley yet again had to score a goal and then have it taken back in the playoffs. It seems to be his thing. Yeah, no kidding. And it was and like ultimately it wasn't an awful call, really. What there was because there was what I think uh, Bob Bobrovsky was bumped twice. The first time would have been interference, but it was too far away from the goal. The second bump was a little flimsier, and this was a uh, Nordstrom interference. Ended up was a uh, Nordstrom. Nordstrom got him both times. I think the first one, um, Nordstrom was shoved a little bit, so you could you could have gotten away with that one. The second one was it was less. He, no other contact was made with Nordstrom beyond Nordstrom hitting Bobrovsky. Yeah, but at the same time, there there were people debating whether Bob was even in the crease or not, and things like that, and. Um, well, yeah, and like, like whether or not it was actually affected his ability to save the goal. Anyway, it got waved off after like five minutes of of, of, of the refs arguing over it, uh, arguing over an iPad mini. I, I'm going to tell you honestly, I think it's goaltender interference just as much as that other one in the first round was. Well, there's the thing, right? And I've seen other people make this point too. Like, this was probably goaltender interference. That other goal certainly was. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... So, it's consistent. Like, if you're going to call one goaltender interference, you got to call the other. Right, right. And that's the problem that we have, is that 
there are many ways to interpret goaltender interference. We've talked about how, like, if you really think it's goaltender interference, you don't know what you're talking about. But this this was, this was goaltender interference, no matter how you look at it. It's just that we're looking at it through the, vent, uh, the lens of, we know this is probably goaltender interference, but we should be able to get away for, with it because there is, there's a little bit of doubt, but we're not going to get away with it. And, the other one should have been called, but that's two series ago now. <laughs> so we need to get over that. But it's, it is, oh God, it is one of those, uh, those penalties that gets called that is just, it's infuriating because it's like, especially when it's a challenge, because it wasn't called at first. It was challenged. Yes. If it was called, it would have, the play would have been blown dead before the goal went in. That's, that's the thing, right? Right. And, and it would have been a power and it would have been a Columbus power play. So in a sense, scoring the goal and having it waved off is a lot better. <laughs> I'm going to use this mindset going forward. If there's a question, if there's something that's going to be reviewed, the Bruins are not getting the benefit of the doubt in anything right now. It's just how everything seems to be falling. So if it's going to be reviewed, expect it to go against Boston. But wait a minute, Tim. Don't you know that all the calls go Bruins' way? Yeah, no. I mean, the, the the way you would see it on Twitter, you would think the Boston Bruins have won the last 13 Stanley Cups in a row and have been gifted each and every one of them. Holy shit. And they've never been penalized ever when they should have. Never suspended ever. Oh, God. Well, I mean, like, there, there's the thing. People talk about all the calls. How many goddamn power plays did, did Columbus fail to score on, on Monday? Four. <laughs> Four. Oh, oh, but if... if uh, we, have, we haven't gotten into it yet, but a lot... If they had gotten a five-minute major, well, they could have maybe pulled a, what the Sharks did to Vegas. Nope. Tuca wasn't letting a goal in. Well, that's just because honestly, the Bruins penalty kill didn't look great on a lot of those penalties. But Rask did. Yeah, um, they stayed enough out of his way that he could do his job. That is the key. But they, but they, but they got pin- hemmed in for like most of a power play several times. I, I know, <laughs> but you just need to give him clear lanes that he can see. That's all. That's all you need to do for Tuca. Right now, anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's locked in. Oh, God, yeah. He's an absolute... He's in the fucking zone. Right. So just stay out of his way. Don't try to block a shot in front of him like and, and have it bounce like that weird one, that fluky goal that got called that shouldn't have been called, but whatever. Just l- allow him to just see the puck and take care of it. He's tracking the puck better than... We, as good as we've seen him since probably the 2013 playoffs. Maybe he got LASIK. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either that, or he's just like he's just like rage. Just like you know what? Fine, fuck it. I'll kill Felger myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. He's got robotic eyes, and they can track things better. That's what it is. Turns out his glove hand is actually uh, is, is is actually an infinity gauntlet, and that's what he's doing. His snap, and his snap is just to never let stuff through again. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mandy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So, so Sean Corrales' goal did not count. However, we are very lucky that the Bruins scored three other goals that really did count over the course of the game. Some of these were nice. So, first in uh, the second period at twelve thirteen, David Krejci from DeBrusque and Connor Clifton. 
It was a pretty swell goal. Oh yeah, it was it was perfectly placed. It was a great goal. <laughs> and I find I don't know is it just me or does it seem like like Krejci a higher percentage of Krejci's scoring tends to be in the playoffs as goals than it is in the regular season. Like he still mostly assists, but I feel like more he, proportionally he scores more goals and always has than than he does in the regular season. It is it like because he's now close to. I think he's four points away from a hundred career postseason points, and I'm pretty sure it's like four. It, he's in the forties in goals. Well, I do remember a quote from him after uh, the 2011 Cup win. He commented on how he was hoping he was going to try to shoot more and score more goals, like he had in that run. So even at least at the time, he viewed it that way as well. It didn't really shake out, but anyway. <laughs> So, you know, so the Bruins after that, you know, they went into the, the third period with that one goal lead and it was very nerve wracking. Well, they opened the third period on the penalty kill, which is now when we should probably talk about that. So at the end of the second, Charlie McAvoy did something stupid. Let's 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 call a spade a spade here. Yeah, he, he went high on, on Josh Anderson. Yep. Now, now, mind you, it wasn't predatory. Didn't look like it was premeditated. It looked like he fucked up. Josh Anderson has definitely gotten under everybody's skin. He had uh, the whole series. He's been kind of a prick. Let's just be honest. That is what Josh Anderson does, though. It, it is what he does. But I'm just saying that he, like many of the other Columbus Blue Jackets, had been trying to pick apart Zdeno Chara. I wanted to say the corpse of Zdeno Chara. I'm sorry. I mean, he was getting, uh, well. <laughs> I'm just saying that they, that, you know, there he Chara was tripped and knocked over, and you know, all sorts of they, things. They identified Chara as a potential weak link, and were making the most of it all series. Let's let that's that's what that is. So Chara had the puck, and Josh or Chara was in the vicinity of the puck at least, and Josh Anderson also was, and then. Charlie McAvoy wanted to separate the two of them, and he went high on Josh Anderson. Yep. Yes. So, lengthy stoppage in play. Everyone's thinking that he was going to get tossed. And then he only gets a minor, and everyone loses their, lost their mind. Um, at which point, um, I believe it was uh, Ty Anderson. Was it Ty Anderson that first pointed out? It's like, uh, according to the rule book, a major was simply wasn't an option. It wasn't Ty Anderson. I forgot who it was, but yeah, someone tweeted out. I that think it was Michael Hurley. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was oh, Michael yeah. Hurley. No, I thought Hurley was the was the one that said that that quoted Shelley, Jody Shelley, as having said the refs didn't see anything, he didn't see the hit, which that's a different issue altogether. No, I'm but, pretty sure it was Michael Hurley. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. It was it was out there, so you can't really give a major for something that can't be enforced with a major. You don't get a misconduct for that penalty either. It would have had to have the refs would have had to decide to issue a match penalty. Right. Which requires clear intent. Which there wasn't, despite what people say on I mean, Twitter.com. Yeah, you fucking watch that play, that play and say there was intent there. Don't get me wrong, it was a hit to the head. A hit to the head, that's bad. Bad, Charlie, bad. Go to the box for two minutes and feel shame. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know what? It was a penalty. Let's just... let's. It was an illegal check to the head. It's a penalty. Yep. It was an illegal check to the head. It was a penalty. He served two minutes, but we all suspected that he's probably going to get something else from Dops. So I will say here, of course, I actually genuinely thought that if the Bruins advanced, he would get away with it. 
I, I'm actually happy to be wrong because, again, I, I am in favor of all contact with the head, regardless of the circumstances, being at least a one-game penalty, one-game suspension. It's the only way to get people to to police their own motion, their own movement, right? So I, I'm actually happy that he got the suspension. I, I actually thought once the Bruins went, went on to win the game that he wouldn't. Incidentally, thank God they won. I wouldn't have wanted to go to a game into a game seven against Columbus without McAvoy. Yeah, same here. Yes. So uh, I'm glad that they won and they didn't have to consider that. But two, I kind of thought that when Anderson popped back up in the game, which of course he was going to, but I thought when he came back to the game and it seemed like nothing was really wrong with him, he might escape further discipline. But uh, I was wrong on that, too. I mean... And the handshake, Charlie clear, McAvoy clearly apologized. Josh was, and Anderson's like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It happens all the time." Like you could tell by their exchange that like nobody involved cared. And you know that's <laughs> what's really interesting is that we inject our feelings into this. So you know, like I said, Josh Anderson was a prick, and he was. He was a prick on the ice. Uh, that's just what he does, right? Um, but he's probably not a prick in real life and these things happen and he understands that and and they move on and it's fine. And we that should give us the signal that we should move on. Yes, Charlie got suspended and he deserved it and it's okay. Well, you know what's great though? Also, just incidentally, watching Charlie in the handshake line was great because like both Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski's are, Wierenski are his buddies too. He hugged both of them, didn't just shake hands. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right, because they, they're um, on the same teams, aren't they? The U.S. They're, uh, they're buddies the from the NFL. They, they yeah. came up through the, NS, the, the, the National Team Development Program together. You know, Jones is a few years older, but like Wierenski and McAvoy were, were playing together the entire way through. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean they haven't played together either, though, because like yeah. you've got worlds and stuff like that, so they've probably played together, or they at least know each other. I haven't paid as much attention to Wierenski and and for the record every time I, I see his name I keep thinking werewolf and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah essentially that's that's what I call him in my head but I love Seth Jones I think he's great I think he's awkward and cute and he likes to cook and he's like he doesn't I don't think he wants a lot of attention so he's really sweet anyway another crush of mine who's a defenseman geez how many how many can I have I'm gonna collect them all were you going to say something bad about my boy, Seth Jones? No, no. Seth Jones is great. Seth Jones is great. I look forward. I, I desperately hope the NHL goes back to the Olympics just because I want I want them to go, Team USA to go with a, with the Jones-Wierenski first pairing. And then like a McAvoy-Slavin second pair. Holy shit, that would be such a great defense. <laughs> and then it can be goaltended by Jeremy Swayman. See. <laughs> Maine Black Bear great. Maine Black Bear great, Jeremy Swimming. So were you making fun of the fact that I just love all these defensemen? Is that what it is? Um, I debated running with the I can't uh, I, I, how many can I have um, uh, bit. Oh, um, not that way. No. <laughs> Gosh. That's why I debated and then didn't. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not sexual. I just love them. I just want to hug them all. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, except for that one dream where you and Dennis Seidenberg were married. Yeah, but we didn't have sex. Not that I saw. <laughs> I mean, you were married, so I feel like that's kind of implied, but maybe Oh, not. no, it was definitely implied we had, but I did not get to see it, and that was a shame. <laughs> and then we started a war. <laughs> I mean, 
what else are you going to do when you're married to a defenseman but start a war? I mean, that that seems legit. A German defenseman, no less. Oh, yes. Well, all right. So, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) 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 So, uh, Mark, uh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so we're talking about... We still have a couple more goals to cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've talked the Charlie thing. I don't think there's any more that we can say about that. So, let's move on to Marcus... Johansson's goal in the third period. That was a great sequence. Like Danton yeah. Heinen took some fucking abuse and kept the play going and threw it to, and threw it to Coyle. <laughs> like and, yeah, like Danton Heinen's been quietly amazing this playoffs. I got to be perfectly honest with you. I can't really watch him in the way that I want to. He's a hard player to understand, much like David Krejci. Right. Except I mean, he's more subtle than Krejci is. <laughs> well, that, this is exactly the conversation that Glenn and I had the other night. And I said, you know, next season I have to just sit and watch specific players and games. Like, not watch the game, per se, but watch specific players and what they do in the game. Yeah, really figure out why it's like, okay, this, this player is really good, but why? I would love to have game tape so I could just do that, but that's not how it goes. I don't right. work for the Bruins either, so that's kind of making it hard. Bruins, hire me, and I'll take a look at game tape. It'll be great. So anyway, yes, and what I loved about Marcus Johansson's goal there is that it, like, popped up, but Brodsky made some superhuman pry at the puck to, to save it, and it popped up over him past the goal line. <laughs> yes, it was, it was a bad goal. <laughs> no! It was perfect. It, it's a funny one because it was a play, it was a series of just amazing plays that resulted into such a shitty goal. <laughs> one of the episodes that we recently put out, not this last one, but the one before, was hard fought or fluky goals. That's what this series is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was hard fought and a fluky goal. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, too, with that that third line with Coyle, Heinen, and Johansson is. I'm doing awesome. Like, keep them together forever. The three of them have got some serious energy, man. Like, like, like it's almost uh, to the point where you got to at least explore resigning Johansson if he can be ahead cheaply. Yeah, exactly. I was actually just going to say that. That's the, I mean, you have to. They're, they they are playing so well together, and it's so great to see. Another guy that's playing really well now all of a sudden is David Baggis on that second line. Looks like a new David Backus. Now, uh, there may be a component of Columbus was exactly the right team for him to be up against. It's true. Like, I have a suspicion we won't see a lot of Backus against the Canes. Not unless they need a little bruising muscle kind of thing. Uh, they're, they're fast, though. I think you need Coolman in that spot instead then. But anyway, we'll get to that. Well, if they have Furlan in, though, you kind of have to... Yeah, but like Furlan's their only bruiser. Anyway, we'll get to that. We're not there yet. Keep Johansson away from him. Put him in bubble wrap. Don't let Ferlin and Johansson collide. Apparently, they are matter and antimatter. Yeah, don't let that happen. Keep JoJo away. Yes, that's right. This week, it was revealed that it's actually JoJo, not Mojo, which I can get behind JoJo. I definitely am. I'm I'm all in on JoJo. Yeah. I called him Marcus Jojangles on Twitter, and (laughs) I'm just kind of happy with that. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, that third goal. Holy shit, like that was That was a, a good back as goal. 
that was a great Bacchus goal. Just like, like he, he showed more speed than he usually has. He muscled through some people, took a great cross, a cross crease pass from Krug, put it right in. And yeah, deflected it right in. Yeah. I mean, got it right on his stick and just went right in. It's great. It was exactly what we needed because it was the final nail in the coffin. Just bury the the Blue Jackets had been deflating all game, and then that was it. Well, and that's interesting because like there was still like nine minutes and a bunch of seconds left because that goal was at ten thirty nine. So they had plenty of time to tie it up, but they melted. Honestly, in, the, in an elimination game, and uh, there's another shutout elimination game that comes to mind. Seeing watching that happen. It was Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2011. Where yeah, it was like Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Finals and, and the, the, the um, Canucks just melted. That's what happened in the third period. Basically, after they didn't score on the McAvoy penalty, the Jackets were done. And they, they knew it and they gave up. Like, they had some moments, but not really. I didn't feel like the Bruins were going to lose that game after the second goal happened. Yeah, that's uh, same here. Once that second goal went in, I was like, alright, that's game. There were winning this because Whoa. like like you said VA how it like popped up and kind of like just skated it just like slowly skated over that was like their season like slowly ending right there like they had worked so hard and then nope there it is gone well, well, see that right there was like okay well Bobrovsky does not have this incidentally Bobrovsky plays you know not quite as dramatic as Tim Thomas but a similar style mm-hmm. That goal right there is why you don't really want a player that plays that style unless they're Tim Thomas or Dominic Hasek. Yeah. Because because embarrassing shit like that happens. <laughs> well, congratulations to the Columbus Blue Jackets, though, on getting to and almost winning the second round. Yeah. They, they played 10 playoff games. That's they, they won six, which is four more than they've ever won before. Right. Because they never won two games in a series. <laughs> I, I know it was not their goal, but you, I think you need to acknowledge the, the accomplishment that they made this year. And if they can somehow or another, I, I, it doesn't look like Panarin and Bobrovsky will stay and they'll have some other free agent issues. But well, And honestly, if I was them, I wouldn't re-sign Duchesne because then it costs them next year's first as well. Yeah, yeah. but you know... I think it showed a little more understanding what they needed to do to build the team, especially around a coach like Tortorella. Cause he, he, you know, he did really well with that team, even though it looked like they were barely going to make the playoffs if they were going to make the playoffs for, for a while, it, they struggled, but it was a big gamble and it, it was fun to see. I just wish that the Bruins didn't have to play against them because it would have been fun to see them in the third round, as opposed to the, Hurricanes. Incidentally, um, I think I know why they lost in the end. It was uh, they played their last three games. You know, the ones where they embarrassed themselves mostly without without Riley Nash. Riley Nash, of course, was um, a mess in round two last year, which is I know part no, no small part of why the Bruins lost to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it wasn't Riley Nash's fault. He was a mess. He'd had that you know puck to the fucking head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So did you notice this week, Rick Nash has a uh, a job with the Columbus Blue Jackets now? Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah. I feel terrible about digging on Rick Nash last year. I, I wasn't really all for the trade and, and he, he performed well for the Bruins. And I feel terrible that his career had to end with the Bruins. At least that way. Yeah. 
I have no ill will toward him. He's a guy who has young kids and have him be around hockey. If he can't play it, be around it. So he's got a job in the front office. That's good for him. It's interesting. I would have felt he a media, a future media would have been a good fit for I him. I think that Same media here. would be a good fit for him. But right now, this is what he's choosing to do. So, hey, maybe media in a little while. Who knows? Yeah. He never met a camera he didn't like. <laughs> it's true. And oh, he's got, that, he's got that smile, that grin. Yeah. <laughs> Glad he's back with Columbus because, I mean, for a while there, he was the only bright spot that that team had. So it's kind of neat that he's going back to work for them. And, and his relationship them wasn't poisoned by Columbus. It was poisoned by Jeff Carter being Jeff Carter. <laughs> yeah. There's also that. So I hope that the Columbus fans embrace him and embrace what he's going to do there. So that'll be good. But congratulations to the the Blue Jackets. I still don't really have any real, true animosity towards you or your fans. Josh Anderson, though, you're a dick. <laughs> We're on the record of not being the biggest fans of Torch. Torch didn't do a lot of very Torchy things this play this playoffs. So two is a credit. Although he did make some ultimatums, which um he probably should stop doing that because he did that last year as well. <laughs> I, I like Torch. I do. I whenever you get somebody who has a, a very distinct personality in there. I think it's it's entertaining. Plus, he looks like angry Fonzie, and it cracks me up. <laughs> the other thing is, is that at one point I said, would you like to adopt my 20-something-year-old twins? Because he's also Jean Ralphio and Mona Lisa Saperstein's father on Parks and Rec. That reference. Um, oh, okay. On Parks and Rec. John Ralphio is... Terrible. No, 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 no. Mona Lisa is the worst. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought that you knew Parks and Rec. Not really. I'm watching it and I'm told that I needed to grind it out because the surf season's not good, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> you know what? I softened up on the first season. I did. The first season's short. You can get through it really quickly. If you can't stand the character of Leslie Nope in the first season, it she they they work it out over the following seasons. Yes, okay, so we're going to stop talking in Parks and Rec shorthand right now. We're moving on to Carolina, but before we do that, we need to talk about something else that is stupid. Oh my god, it's so beyond stupid. So, listeners, I'm sure you're all familiar with this at this point, but... um. Brad Marchand apparently broke Canadian hockey media on Monday night, or at least caused Canadian hockey media to break itself. Mostly that. Nothing like Canadian media or media in general making themselves the story, but okay, sure. I mean, very much what happened, yes. Like So So anyway, um, a lot of people didn't necessarily have the context on this one when it first happened, but young report, a young Sportsnet reporter with, it was his first year reporting the league, I can't remember, Ryan, I can't pronounce his fucking last name. Nor do I care enough to try. Just give me one second. I'll, <laughs> I'll pull it up because you know how I am. I'm the pedantic linguist. <laughs> Kyle Bukowskis. Okay. okay. He, he looks like Bob's big boy. Yes. So this uh, kid approaches Brad for an interview. Brad, he asks him, you know, the standard boilerplate questions that are not really structured to get any meaningful answers because you are interviewing hockey players. And Brad's clearly not having it. Gives him a string of one a- of one word answers. Should we give the background or the reaction first? No, no. Let's talk about the background. In fact, I would have started with the background. But... Okay. So, so apparently, in the during warm ups to game two, 
this individual um uh, got a you know and got a little ring the little quick rinkside interview from uh, from Marshawn, which is you know very nice of Marshawn to, to give him this interview because you know if he has to take some time out of his warm up break out you know you know ignore his his pregame rituals and stuff like these are hockey players these are these are superstitious motherfucking people right so have their routines down to the minute seriously yeah and so so he still took time out to give this interview and then at the end of the interview this um uh, miss bukowskis guy kid asked him a joke oh did you get your steak skate sharpened after after game one and brad just skates off yes now this of course was a reference to uh Brad uh, having stomped on on Cam Atkinson uh, stick and breaking it in game uh, in game in game two in game one and then responding to Cam Atkinson's bitching by saying, "Well, uh, he that he owes me a sharpened pair of skates because Brad's great." Yeah. Anyway, so now the problem with this, of course, is that now we have a media member who who doesn't know the player interviewing for the first time, giving him shit. While he's taking time out of his warm-up routine before a critical second-round playoff game. So, of course, Brad fucked off. Yeah, I don't blame him. In fact, I would have just told him, nah, go sit and spin. Yep, and like, so, now this has been explained by a bunch of Bruins uh, beat reporters. Basically, that it's like, you can't, it's like, you can't do that if you don't know the player. You can't give them shit if you don't know the player. If you have a pre-established relationship, fill your boots. But if you're just, you know, some first-year reporter working for the Canadian National Broadcast, no. So, naturally, Brad was mad and really wasn't having this shit. We gave him a series of one-word answers. Now, mind you, there's some important things to know about these one-word answers. They contain exactly the same amount of information as any other hockey player answer. And honestly, it was more refreshing than sitting there listening to say puck, pucks in deep a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> it would make it much more interesting if you peppered your warm-up talk, though, with like, how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Well, you get the pucks in deep. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want one player to one say, just like, uh, casually slip in to say fucks in deep and to see if the reporter catches it. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you that would make it to broadcast before anyone noticed. <laughs> well, remember that time everybody was outraged that that Tuca said that the ice was shitty. That made it onto national television. He's not wrong, you know. And I don't consider shitty to be like a really bad word. We we've, we've gone over this many times, but anyway. So the hockey night in Canada panel proceeded to lose their goddamn minds. Oh my gosh absolute lost there. Like, like Kelly called for him to be freaking suspended. <laughs> Kelly Hurdy, one of the worst broadcasters working for Sportsnet. <laughs> Some other guy, it's like, oh, he's like, he, make, he, he makes $6.1 million. You can't behave like that's so fine. He makes $6.1 million. You think he gives a rat fuck what, what you think, dude? Exactly. Like, he makes like, $6.1 million to play hockey. Not to sit there and blow smoke up your ass. Not to mention the thing is, like, oh, shouldn't like, well, for starters, ever all of our beat reporters are like, Brad's a delight. He just didn't <laughs> the next guy because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> what Brad did was called teaching a lesson. And again, I don't see what the big deal. It was all the same information that's there in a normal hockey player interview. Now, after that, after the game, he also gave a very terse little media scrum. Yeah, that was a little less cool, but like he was already pissed off at this point because he'd already had to interview Hairdo over there. Bob's big boy. <laughs> I I don't know. I saw some moments where he was kind of smiling. I think it was just a troll job. 
I think it was just Brad just being like, maybe I want to seem more consistent with what I did earlier, but also, you know what? I just feel like fucking with you guys tonight. It worked. It worked. They all lost their goddamn minds. It's just, it's really something else. Like, and like this is this this infection has spread. Like in the last couple of days, Toronto fans have like suddenly started injecting themselves into this and being out of their minds because you know a hot happened. It must involve the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, the, it doesn't. <laughs> one one of the best takes that I heard about the whole thing too was when the guy that said, "Oh, Brad Marchand makes six point one million dollars. She should be talking to the media." Blah blah blah. Uh, I think it was uh, Fiedelberg from Barstool Sports it was like, "All that did was show us how grossly underpaid he is." A lot of people were on, on that one, like wait on right. It's like, holy shit, look how, how little Brad makes, and he just scored a hundred points, and he's got 13, 13 points in thirteen games in the playoffs so far. Look, I have had a problem with the idea that athletes have to talk to the media. The first time I saw Mar- Marsha and Lynch like not want to talk to the media, I, at first I thought, no, he should have to talk to the media. And then I thought about it for a while, and I'm like, no, he shouldn't have to. Marsha and Lynch, what is he going to tell you that he didn't already show you? I was just going to say, he's going to talk about what color Skittles he ate before the game? I, I, <laughs> like, I, I Sean Lynch, don't think you have anything else to talk about. No, and you know, here's the thing. Marshawn Lynch is like really smart. He's a smart guy. He's just really introverted. He's like, he's the kind of guy where it's like, if he's comfortable like with Kessel. you, probably. Well, I'm sure, I'm just trying to say. This is why, this is why the hockey media hates Phil Kessel. because oh. he does good quotes. Oh, oh, I, I don't know very much about it's Phil because Kessel. Because he's introverted and doesn't respond well to interviews. This is, this is, this was the hot dog thing. This is why the hot dog thing happens because the dipshits in the Toronto media chased him out of town because he wouldn't give him good quotes. That's why they loved Leo Komarov despite, despite and hated Phil Kessel. Well, I'm just trying to say that, you know, you see, you might see Marshawn Lynch or somebody like palling around with people on the sidelines, joking around and stuff like that. Those are his teammates. They're very close. You, you, you have a bond with people and you show, you show your other side of yourself. But if you don't know people like the media, you don't really know them very well. You're not going to be all chummy with them. So after a while, it was just like poor Marshawn Lynch has to do the, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Right, exactly. That's that was it. I forgot what he had said. I just think I think this whole thing has been overblown. You know, now Steve Dangle's absolutely losing his mind talking about shit that nobody knows what he's talking about anymore. And he's like lost it over Martian. Like like I've I went through his feed and he was like saying how like the stink stomping instant is another thing that Martian got away with without getting any penalty. Uh, the punching in the back of the head thing. Uh, now he's not talking to me. Like, like full on. Like Martian has broken everyone. I don't think that anybody has looked into Martian's connection to the Hindenburg exploding. They haven't looked into how the Titanic sank and how what Martian's role in it was. No one's tried to establish that he was the shooter on the grassy knoll. Oh my god! I mean, so many things. You you think that that uh, Serbian guy shot Franz Ferdinand? No, it was Brad Marchand. He caused World War One and two, and maybe three. Well, not yet, but soon. Do you know who stole who stole the the documents in the Watergate Hotel? 
Brad Brad broke Brad in, yeah, he's the one who broke into the DNC headquarters in the in the uh, in the Watergate. It was Brad Marchand. And on top of all that, he even put the bop in the bop she bop she bop. <laughs> but did he put the ram in the ramalama ding dong? He absolutely did. We can blame Brad for all sorts of things if we want to, but here's the thing: if he does something and an official doesn't see it, then it doesn't count. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. Is he less of a rat? No. No, he's not. But, you know, people have to see it to make it count in that way. You know, see, Lucic, remember Milan Lucic? The problem is that he did spearing several times and he did it out in the open and he was stupid about it. And so you'd always get caught. You know, also, you should probably not shake hands with somebody in the handshake line and say, I'm going to fucking kill you. Just saying. Incidentally, speaking of handshake line, people were losing their minds over this. You know what? Something about the end of that game that probably should have warranted some sort of media response. Tortorella fucked off instead of participating in the in the um, uh, in the handshake line. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And they're making a big deal about Marshawn giving one word answers. Well, I know that I thought that Bruce went over to shake hands with him, and he didn't. He didn't go see Bruce. He, he, Torch fucked off. Like, I'm not even criticizing Torch for this. I'm just like, you really, you're going to make a big deal about this thing from Marshawn when that happened? Well, you know, it's because his kids, John Ralphio and Mona Lisa, <laughs> they were doing something. He had to go check on them. <laughs> uh, he didn't want to answer for his denting comment. He was like, oh, at least we dented Tuka Rask. Yeah, looks like a ki- it looks like it buffed right out. Fuck. Yeah, you pulled that one. You pulled that dent right out with the plunger. Didn't even need a proper dent puller. <laughs> well, that sucks. It's not good sportsmanship, but I can understand why he probably was that way. Well, that's just him. So I, I, I don't care like at all. And yet again, I mentioned the handshake line was great. McAvoy hugging everybody. McAvoy and Anderson seeming to make things all cool. It was great. Yep. Yep. After McAvoy hit Anderson, he didn't even so much as breathe on anyone else. <laughs> no. He knew he'd fucked up and dodged a bullet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would also like to point out, he was made available to the media after the hit, after the game. Cough, cough. Kadri, cough, cough. All right. Can I just say one thing right now? And maybe this is something that we need to think about. We need to reflect upon this ourselves as Bruins fans, because apparently we're fighting with Leafs fans. Uh, um, what? Okay. Whatever. I'm just going to say this. Toronto, the Maple Leafs and their fans. Are golfing. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. That was good. I like this word association thing. That's fine. <laughs> Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fans and the Can't Toronto... stop complaining. <laughs> okay, yep, yep. Okay, the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fans and the media... Haven't won the Cup since 1967. <laughs> yes, okay. I'll stop now. I'll oh. stop now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Toronto, the Maple Leafs, their fans, their media... They are the thieves of joy. Okay. I'm wiser today because I got to be a, a new old age. But I'm going to say this. If you constantly compare 
things. Like you compare your team to the other team. You know, you compare this to that. You are taking away your own joy. Look, I want the Bruins to win the cup, but if they don't win the cup, I'm not going to sit here and, and be full of resentment for like a month after because of something. You know, I can be upset about calls not going their way or um, ca calls being against them when they shouldn't have, or I can be upset about the Bruins, quite frankly, shooting themselves in the foot. We've seen that happen. I can be angry about all that, but I I refuse to give in to this idea that, you know, uh, the Leafs, uh, had the Leafs won, that, uh, you know, I was going to complain for like a month uh, after that. It's just, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, you, you guys need to just stop. But on the other hand, okay, we, we, we've established that they were the thieves of joy. Okay, comparison is the thief of joy. So you shouldn't keep doing that. Uh, so meditate on that, Toronto people. But what I, I, I will say is is this. Um, oh my God, I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, the Bruins have gone from, like, living rent-free in Toronto fans' heads to they've been handed the deed to the house. Okay, that's exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you went there because I was going to say, oh, my God, I have a penthouse <laughs> apparently we all have a penthouse they're not living yeah they're not they're not leaving living we're not living in their rent free anymore they've signed us they, they signed ownership over to us now <laughs> and not only did they sign ownership over us to us they gave us money to do it they're like you know what we'll pay you to take the house we will pay you to take it Oh, but if you if you don't mind, could you just burn all of our possessions on your on our way out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does make me very happy to know that uh, the Toronto fans paid money to buy tickets down at the TD Garden, whether they bought them from the Garden or or bought them from other resellers. They bought those tickets. They paid money to fly down. Probably they paid money to stay here. Okay, and and it was all still probably cheaper than getting a ticket up there. <laughs> and Boston tickets are not cheap. <laughs> no, they aren't. Okay, so I think we've hit those main things. We we need to talk about the next team. So, Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, yeah. So, yep, Carolina Hurricane. Last time the Bruins faced them in the playoffs was incidentally the last time the Canes were in the playoffs. Oof. <laughs> it was not a good scene because it was the second round of the 2009 playoffs and uh, Scott Walker happened. This Fuck is your you, regular reminder that everyone named Scott Walker is a piece of shit. Sorry, Scott, but not sorry at the same time. Even the singer who just died? Probably. Probably. I'm just running the numbers. Hockey player Scott Walker, Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. That's two right there. I don't need more data. I don't need more data points. That's a line. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> That's a line within our squared within our squared of one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not wrong. No, nope. you're not wrong. Nope. Uh, all I know, okay, I've never seen the Hurricanes in the playoffs because I'm a relatively new fan. All I know, though, is that they tend to not go out in the first round. They they make a deep dive. Yes. So this is like apparently like they're only their third or fourth run 
ever in a post um like like since becoming the hurricanes i mean of the yes yeah, so fourth uh, which consisted of a finals run mm-hmm. a cup win mm-hmm. a eastern conference finals loss mm-hmm. and going back to the eastern conference finals mm. so those that that's the full extent the, the full extent of their playoff appearances as carolina i i don't have much comment on whatever they whenever they did as the whalers cuz that was before uh they played the Bruins twice in the playoffs as the Whalers, and the Bruins won both series, I believe. Thank you, Tim. Okay. Well, it occurs to me that there are some issues that we have to pay attention to with regards to the Hurricanes. They are a very fast team. Right. I, I looked back to see how we did against them for the season. Oh, there was that game right out. Was it right before or right after Christmas? That was... No, it was right before Christmas, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. It they, was not good. It was a 7-4 loss for the Bruins. Um, that was when they were wearing their Whalers jerseys, too. Oof. But the other two matches they won, but the last one, the last game, was post-trade deadline, and it was an overtime win. So we play this team really close, or we got blown out. That's pretty much how it is. So much like uh, Columbus, really. Well, but Columbus is not as fast as this team. I'm no. just talking purely on like outcomes, though. Oh, okay. playing them in the regular season. Well, and here's the thing: their goaltenders are still Peter Mrazek and Curtis McElhaney. Oh yeah, their goaltending is Curtis subpar. McElhaney, a 35 year old goaltender who has played in three playoff games in his career and is now two and zero. <laughs> Three and oh, Tim. <laughs> did he get the did he get the win against Boston because he came in Oh no, I'm saying playoffs. He's played three playoff games. <laughs> yeah, he, he played for, he played against Boston for Toronto last year when didn't he get didn't um Anderson get pulled one game? No, because people were making a big deal of his first play oh, it might have been his first playoff start. Yeah. Possibly, hang on. Yes, you're right, Tim. He played in a game last year. It uh, and resulted in an eight two six save percentage. Oh, that's oh, yes. good. Twenty three saves and four goals against. <laughs> Do you think Doc Emmerich and and crew are going to talk up this goaltending tandem? <laughs> I think not. I mean, they can try. Peter Mrazek's <laughs> record in the postseason prior to this year is not good either. So, yeah, there's some interesting things, though, um, for how the Bruins approach this this team. We haven't heard much about forward lines yet. Their forward lines or ours? Ours. Well, practice- the thing I think is like Bacchus has looked great, but that's because but this is because Columbus was a good team for him to play against. I don't think we'll probably see Bacchus in game one tomorrow. E- I don't think we'll see much yes. of that. <laughs> um, practice practice lines today had Bacchus in. Okay, all right. Practice lines were uh, the normal first line. It was basically the same as um, it was basically the same as Game Six against Columbus. The only difference is is the third pairing defense was Grizzlick and Camphor, and Charo was with Clifton. Which um, is interesting that uh, Camphor is um, rotating in. 
rather than because uh, I thought John Moore and possibly even Kevin Miller were allegedly going to be ready soon. No, Mel- Miller's out. Miller is out, out, out. They said okay. he is not coming in probably for these playoffs at all. His injury Oof. is significant. And John Moore's ready. He was at practice with McAvoy uh, as a fourth line. McAvoy being suspended, of course. But I just don't think they want to play more on the right side. Yeah, if you're doing that, I guess you got to move Grizz to the other side and play more on the left. Grizz has been fine on the right when he's had to. Or you just play your only other surviving right shot defenseman in Steve Kampfer. Well, you know what that means? It just means your forward lines are going to have to be a little more on the ball or on the puck, as it is. Clifton's earned this the playing with him uh, with Chara, though. I think like, like his last few games have been really good. I know, but the <laughs> yes. third line, the, the third pairing is the third pairing has not been the, the strongest. So. I, I I love Matt Grizzlick, but but Steve Camper um, about that. <laughs> so. We're going to have to deal without McAvoy tomorrow only. So that's that's fine. Because, yes, uh, the game is tomorrow at 8. But this podcast is probably going out after that. So whatever. I, I, I also hate the 8 p.m. start. Ugh. Like, come on whoa, now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, Tim. I hate the 8 p.m. Well, start. You, you hate it more because you're in a, the Atlantic time zone. But it's such a fucking shitty time zone, and I know I shouldn't complain because Newfoundland time exists, but... <laughs> yeah, adding a half hour to something is just crazy. Yeah, it's uh, fucking coked out. <laughs> because that game is at 8.20. You're not wrong. Uh, it, it's not going to tell you it's 8.20. You know that the broadcast starts at 8, and it's going to be 8.20 before they drop that puck. And they're not oh, going to yeah. show us who the banner captain is. And it's going to piss me off. I think it should be Chris Evans. He's in town. Get him. Oh, that's Strong right. Cosine. That's right. He went to his uh, reunion, didn't he? He did. It was right down the street from me. Okay. A few miles down the street. But I live on the same road as that place. I know exactly where it is. I could have gone. There you hear it, Bruins. You need we need we need to have America's ass be the, be the be the banner captain. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They lifted the uh, the uh, the don't spoil the end game. Yeah, yeah. So now we can talk about it. That was a key point in the game in, in the uh, movie. <laughs> Although it did point out this actually like how awful his, his his outfit was in the first Avengers movie. Thank God he ended up back in the in the classic one later. <laughs> <laughs> okay so getting back to the uh, the subject at hand your seven's ass yeah that's pretty great <laughs> <laughs> well you know that's it, that's what this episode is just going to be all about chris evans ass yep let's just talk about it i uh i'm struggling to not think about it thank you thank you Jack. <laughs> you're welcome hey. happy birthday <laughs> 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 well, it's definitely more interesting to talk about than the Carolina Pan- uh, Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, that's true. The Carolina Panthers are not fun oh, to talk fuck about. Fuck them, too. God damn. <laughs> okay, the, the hurricane, the hurricanes, hurricanes, the hurricanes. I worry about uh, Sebastian Aho. Yep, yeah, and um, I'd say I'm worried about Nito Nita Rider. 
because he'd be so good for them, but he's only got four points in 11 games in the playoffs after doing like 30 and 36 or 36 and 30, whichever it was after getting after the trade. <laughs> yeah. Good old low rider. He's not doing very much. And if it goes seven games, they have like the Justin Williams effect. No, well, then clearly the answer is just don't let it go to seven games. Well, there's that, but tie him down and cut off his hair. Reduce these fuckers to a tropical depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's layers to that one that weren't even planned. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about that either until you just said that. And and please, for the love of God, make sure that you, you pull Dougie out enough so that you can get behind him with the puck and he won't be part of the play. Because, well, I mean, I'm not worried about him being part of the play. I just want him to be out of position because I love Dougie Hamilton so much. Citation needed. <laughs> I'm not going to go off on how much I hate him. I, my, my new stance is that I'm glad he's not here anymore because I like our defense. So suck it, Dougie. And yes, and had Dougie not been traded, um, good chance the team still drafts Braden, Brandon Carlo because that was not one of the Dougie picks. Probably doesn't draft Mark of McAvoy though. Which I would take McAvoy over Dougie seventeen times out of ten. There we go. So we're happy. Hey Dougie, we're happy over here without you. I do not wish you to teach me how to Douglas. No. Oh, <laughs> nope. I really don't. I've seen you do lots of Douglasing this year. I don't want to see it. Uh, I just every want... time that he fucks up on a play, Ben shows me the footage of it. <laughs> and we have a good laugh. <laughs> I did that for a while, too. Then I stopped responding, so he stopped sending them to me. <laughs> I, just... I mean, in my case, in your case, it was so he could revel in it. In my case, it was so he could, you know, even though it was like, I, I don't care anymore, Ben. <laughs> yeah i know we have different feelings we've evolving feelings on that but yeah no brandon carlo was part of the whole johnny uh boy chuck thing wasn't he so yes but i do love how my boyest of boys is getting aggressive at times oh i love it i mean he's never gonna hit anybody like johnny boy chuck does but well no because he you have to be a special kind of person to be able to hit someone so hard they go back in time. But Nolachari can do that. He's my other boy. Just and he my... does for 55 for a reason. Right, exactly. I do believe in that number stuff. Uh, and and I do I do like the boyest of boys. So my boyest of boys. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to kill Carolina. I just want to kill Carolina. All the boys can just kill Carolina. I, I I'm so I I'm so over everyone like sucking Carolina's dick because all oh, the the jerks they're making they're they're arguing with Don Cherry. Oh my god, ha ha ha! They're making fun of him. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> no, I just want I just want. Since when is someone making fun of Don Cherry newsworthy? Yeah, like come on, like, like the man's a literal clown. 
I mean, have you seen the way he dresses? He's literally a clown. <laughs> he, he he literally wore a storm a stormtrooper's suit. His last rant about how bad Carolina is, and he thinks the stormtroopers are the good guys. <sighs> that would explain a lot. Yeah. While I think it's clever to use terminology that is trying to be used against you, turning it around and, and making it your armor. I enjoy that. I think um, you should do that whenever you can because it takes power away from the oppressor. I also just don't give a shit about this. <laughs> There's that, yeah. yeah. I'm so... I'm over how much hockey Twitter adores this team. Yeah! Same here. And like, I saw an article today it was like, the reason they... It's like... It's, it's like um, analytics folks have been saying for you have I've always said it's like it's like Carolina's a good team. It's like yeah, but their goaltending is still a fucking dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Let's let's um let's spray some uh, lighter fuel on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go. Like these are both weak goaltenders. Like you start you put a few behind them, they're just going to disintegrate. Yep. Let's do it. Just 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 go for the throat from the beginning, and they will fold like a map. Like I, I wouldn't know. They have a great defense, a really great defense. That goaltending sucks. We, we can do this. We can fucking do this. Yeah, let's fucking go. Woo! <laughs> also, <laughs> the Bruins' defense is pretty damn good too. I think people are underrating. Like even with McAvoy out game one, I think people are underrating the Bruins' defense a little bit against them. I really do I because. I, I read an article today that was like breaking down who had the edge where. It was like, oh yeah, the Bruins have the edge, a slight edge on forwards. The Carolina Hurricanes have the extreme edge on defense, and the Bruins have a slight edge in goaltending. And I was like, what? and then the per- and then the person was like, and for this reason why I think the Canes are going to win in six. And I was like, what? Like. That person what? shouldn't be allowed to feed themselves. Did that person just <laughs> talk to Joe Haggerty? Or like Jimmy Murphy? I don't know. They're they're literally their own ass. Yeah, like I was, like, <laughs> what, I was like, what am I reading here? Like, like you could play Yaroslav Halak in this series, and the Bruins would have an extreme edge in goaltending. Well, there's the thing. Peter Mrazek, uh, who's who's been primarily their starter through these playoffs, his save percentage through the playoffs is nine one three. Oh, Tukarasks, our starter through the playoffs, and his save percentage is nine three eight. Yeah, that's a that's a lot better. That's that's enormously better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mrazek is doing average, and Ish. yeah, <laughs> and 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 Tuka's not. Tuka's above average, way above yeah, average. Duke is going all Hulk, sma- all, all Hulk smash here. So like, <sighs> slight edge and in, in goaltending. That that's bullshit. And I think the Bruins' defense is better than they're giving them credit for. Uh, and then the Canes having a massive edge in defense. I'm like, yeah, I agree. The Canes probably do have an edge on the blue line, but I don't think it's massive. No, no, I don't either. That's why I think whoever wrote that hasn't watched the Bruins uh, play, especially this last series, with how well McAvoy's been, even though he's missing game one, how well Carlo's played. I, they haven't actually watched the games. 
Yeah, I think that the thing that the Bruins need to do is they need to be a little more disciplined and not take stupid penalties. I mean, you could say that about any game, literally. But really, you don't want to have the uh, the Canes on the power play. So let's try to wrap that up so you don't do stupid shit. You know, don't let them beat you with the speed. You know, you, you can't really compete as much with the speed. You do have speedy guys, but you don't have a majority of speedy uh, guys. So you're going to have to just outthink them. That's what yep. you're going to have to do. Okay. And I'm going to tell you one thing right now, the coaching, because I think the coaching plays into this too. Brenda Moore has had an amazing string of luck, but you know, not to say that uh, Bruce Cassidy is the most amazing coach. One of them out coached my Fabcock. And it the other not, is Rob Brindamore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, okay, he Brindamore did manage to coach his team to shut out a team coached by the probable Jack Adams winner. Right, but we all knew that the Islanders were not as good as they were displaying. Well, oh, this yeah. is an important point. It's not just the Islanders. The Canes haven't faced a real team yet this playoffs. Paper Tigers! Paper Tigers! Paper Tigers! Paper Tigers! The, the, the Caps, you know, they got the Caps were regarded better than they deserved because they're the reigning cup champions. Mm-hmm. Their underlings weren't great. They weren't. They were. They were. They were shooting way too little. Yeah. And yes, you can trust Ovechkin to deliver on those shooting percentages. You can't ask anyone else to do that. And then, of course, you know. TGO, she got hurt, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when that series really turned. When he when he was out with the broken clavicle, that was it. Well, and that's a big thing. I'm pretty certain TGO, she getting hurt is probably the singular reason that the Canes even the Canes won that series. Yeah. And then the Islanders were just such a weak mark. <laughs> I do not know how the Islanders beat the Penguins, other than the Penguins weren't all that great. Precisely. I think the Bruins, to to borrow a term from a. Uh, from Johnny Gomes. They're battle-tested. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot to be said for that. This team is battle-tested. They've played 13 games. They have won eight of them. If they had actually showed up to play in two of those games in that first series, it might not have been a seven-game series. It might have just been a five-game. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I, I, I agree as well. So, so basically, I'm going to come out here and make a prediction. I've been, I've been going back and forth on this. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be fucking bold. Fortune <sighs> favors the bold. Bruins and five. Oh, okay. When you said bold, I thought you were going to go for four. I agree. I, I, I also, I also believe Bruins and five. Gentlemen sweeps. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, okay. Why did? I, why do I think five is brave and bold? Why do I think it's bold? I don't think you're going to get a sweep this late in in the playoffs. Counterpoint, the Bruins um, uh, embarrassed the Pens in a sweep in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2013. I know. I saw that. I remember Adam McQuaid putting the final nail in the coffin. I mean, the best part of it was, 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 was Brad just absolutely clowning Matt Cook. Just yap, 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 yap. Stretch pass. He grabs it. Breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> It might be the best goal I've ever seen because it involved him clowning Matt, Matt fucking cook. <laughs> I could have easily said Bruins in six, just because I know sometimes it takes the Bruins a little bit to get their footing. But I think five is a bold prediction here. 
I, th- I think it is. This will be interesting. This is two teams that are feeling it right now, for sure. Two teams with quite a bit of swagger, quite a bit of personality. I think the Canes have less personality than people are crediting them with, but, you know. They have what hockey allows them to have for personality. <laughs> Big thing is this Bruins team is just so likable right now. Regardless of whatever else in the league seems to think, I just think they're not paying attention. They don't know them like we do. How can you look at Zanano Char's Instagram post of him and Pasta at the end of that series and Pasta jumps into focus and is like, yo guys, what's up? Pasta's so <laughs> pumped in that. <laughs> he swore! And I sat there in the minute that he said fucking, I was like, oh! <laughs> 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 I'm so fucking glad to be playing with you. I'm like, oh! <laughs> When he just jumps yeah. into frame, it's everything. Yo, guys, what's up? And that's just how I pr- like picture Pasta being all the time. Whenever I, he just, like walks into a room, being like, "Yo, guys, what's up?" I can't remember. I can't remember who tweeted it. Someone retweeted that quote. Tweeted that that video. That video with a um. I just like to imagine um that every day when when Pasta walks in <laughs> walks into practice, he's like, "Holy shit, that's David Krejci! Holy shit, that's Zidane Chara!" <laughs> hey, he's been here for five years. We had dinner together yesterday. <laughs> did you said Bruins and five as well? I did not. Oh, what did you say? Oh, I did not give my prediction. Uh oh. Uh oh. I, I honestly, I I've gone back and forth on it as well. I. And I just can't bring myself to say Bruins in five, so I'm saying Bruins in six. Okay, that's fine. Seems fair. I debated. I debated. And I, I, I went with five, so. All right, cool. We don't always all have to agree, remember? We can have our own opinions. Just get ready to get yelled at. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if it's any consolation, I want you guys to be right and me to be wrong. If it's any consolation, I want the Bruins to just sweep them, and that would be great. <laughs> sweep them, that and then, like, Dougie's on ice goal, so goals for percentage being, like, two. <laughs> Which requires a, a truly insurmountably vast number of goals being scored while he's on the ice, incidentally, for that to even be possible. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Dougie to go home and cry. That's all. It's good. By the time this episode will come out, because I, I can't promise this will be it on Thursday because I've already edited an episode this week and it, I did three episodes in eight days once and that was crazy. So, and quite frankly, I'm busy. So this episode will get out soonish. I want to say happy birthday to Brad Marchand, whose birthday is coming up on Saturday. Oh. We can talk about how tomorrow night, we don't know anything else about the schedule yet. Nope. Nope. Um, yep. So game one is tomorrow night at the TD Garden. We've talked about the time before, but it is 8 p.m. Eastern time because fuck you, Jeff. That's why. I think that's exactly what they worded it as in the press release. Probably. Almost certainly. Anyway, so... We'll find out 
either first thing tomorrow morning or like, you know, super late tonight because it has to happen after the Western Conference has decided um, what the rest of the series looks like. But um, uh, right now, let's just uh, take what we've got. So, listeners, this has been Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, give us a follow, rate us, tell your friends, write a review. Pay for some billboards. I don't know. Sandwich boards. Wear sandwich boards that say barely on topic on them. That's the one we're advocating for today. Especially at the game. That would be even better. <laughs> Somehow or another, I feel like I'm going to have to go to a game and wear a sandwich board that says that. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, uh, you can uh, follow us. That's uh, at barely on topic on Twitter. And, uh, and on Facebook, we're at Barely on Topic Podcast. Um, and of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at, I can't think of anything clever or stupid to say for my handle this week. Dot com. I love and, that you added the dot com. <laughs> <laughs> also known as, of course. <laughs> At VA from RI. <laughs> I always put the dot com in there. You just don't always hear it. <laughs> oh, the dot com there really worked well. <laughs> it tied the room together. <laughs> it, was like the, it was like Lebowski's rug. It tied the room together. <laughs> Tim? Kill Carolina. Suck it, Dougie! <laughs> <laughs>